0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning, you're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense, the show all about personal finance, and I'm Simwee Boon. Now, since the announcement of Budget 2022 last year by the government, you have probably perhaps contemplated getting an electric vehicle to take advantage of all the tax exemptions offered. In fact, advocates of EVs shared the initiative and they've long argued that, you know, in the long run, getting a... EV, you know, the cost of charging your car will ultimately be cheaper than using petrol, and that's on top of the environmental aspects of driving an EV. But just exactly how true is that? Are EVs worth it in the long run when it comes to saving money, or is the entry price just way too high for all of us ordinary Malaysians? Joining me to discuss this is Daniel Fernandez, founder of the online car portal www.tsf.my, and a frequent guest of the BFM Car Show Cruise Control. Good morning, Daniel, and welcome to the show. Okay, so just. Help me just lay out the land or the tracks for us, uh, if you can. You, know, what are the available EVs that we have in the Malaysian market right now, and perhaps you know uh, a bit on what's to come in the coming months, right? And how much do they generally cost?
0: Okay, a um, lot of EVs in the market right now. When I say a lot, I'm talking about more than twenty uh, models you can buy right now. So I'm not going to all of them. I'll just give you a general space. Uh, uh, of of what's happening, okay. For example, just uh, this week, the Mercedes EQS four hundred and fifty plus sedan was launched. That's basically, um, I would say, in my words, a Mercedes CLS that is completely electric, and it's got you know good driving range, seven hundred odd kilometers. It's got a, a lot of tech. The price is six hundred and ninety nine thousand ringgit. Okay, now. The most expensive EV in Malaysia right now is the Porsche Taycan, which was launched two years ago. They have a few variants. The Turbo S, which is the highest spec model, is 934,000 ringgit. They've got a lower spec model, which they call the base model. That is 584,000 ringgit. Now, all these are premium electric cars. And guess what? They're all sold out. There's a long waiting list. I think with the Taycan, it's almost 10 months to 12 months. Series Benz has said that, you know, whatever they've brought in in terms of the EQS is already sold out the first batch. And when you say sold out, we're not talking about thousands of units. We're talking maybe 100, 200, 300 units at best. Now, let's go down the food chain a little bit and look at what's the cheapest EV on sale right now. I used the word cheapest, but it's not a cheap vehicle. It's 149,000 ringgit and that's the base model Hyundai Kona EV. It's a small crossover. It's nice, it's cute. It's the same size as say a Hyundai HRV. Um 149,000 some people can afford it. But then uh, they'll be saying, you know, driving distance is not that much, the battery is smaller, it's not a big vehicle. Then you got the ever popular Hyundai Ioniq 5. You've seen it on the road, you've seen the pictures. It's large. It it looks really new, you know, really futuristic and, and you know, uh, stylish. Well, that is priced from 199000 to 259000 Again, you have to be slightly in the, you know, above middle class. So now you've got all this this so-called, I would say, um, lower-priced EVs, okay? There's a few others. Uh, uh, we, we can go into it, but the show is not long enough. <laughs> uh, again, they're all, they're all above one hundred fifty thousand 150000 So who can afford these cars? So what is happening now is big Chinese brands. Now, the Chinese car brands are really moving the EV front. And they are coming in with a lot of lower price EVs. But when you talk about lower price EVs, you're talking about, you know, 80,000, 90,000 ringgit to about 140,000 ringgit. So you've got Smart One coming in. Smart One mm-hmm. is part of the Geely Group. Mm-hmm. That will be brought in under Proton Ada. Should be under 200,000, but we don't know what yet. Then there's Cherry. Cherry is coming to Malaysia very soon. Uh, they used to be in Malaysia, but they're coming back with electric cars, and that's going to be around a hundred thousand ringgit. Then you got Great Wall that, that has already launched its presence in Malaysia with a huge workforce and a major uh, push to get electric cars into the market. They've got a Beetle look-alike four dose It's called the Aura Black Cat. Mm. Eh,
1: not a going good to be cat. Around hundred forty. Sorry. Aura Good Cat or Black Cat?
0: Ah, sorry good cat you're right yeah, you know yeah. about the animal yeah. oh, there's also a black cat which is the bigger version sorry yes, yes. my mistake so that's going to be about 130 to 150000 ringgit estimated but then again you know it's like buying a smartphone if you buy a premium smartphone you get a lot of features you get a lot of tech you get a very good processor you get very good battery life you get uh, you know a, a better body on it you get better uh, all kinds of little features that you might never use so when you go down you say a 1000 ringgit smartphone you still get a smartphone It's still got a lot of features that you want. But the processor is not as good. The battery life is not as good. The camera in low light is not so good. Some of the features that you'll never use is not there, you know? So an electric car is like that because the electric car is basically a huge smartphone with wheels and a steering (laughs) system.
1: So, okay, essentially, um, all above 100K... The really good yes. ones, obviously, are the luxury brands. You know, you have the affordable yes. ones that are incoming, right? Um, so, right. you know, whether you want to argue it's affordable or not, I think for now... Still out of range for most Malaysians, but maybe for those that are looking to get maybe a the new, the premium Honda City or, you know, maybe a Mazda 3, along that range, then EVs might be a viable consideration. But I think another argument that people come in with when they talk about the cost of EVs, right, they're like, actually, it's not that bad, is the maintenance cost, right? How much do they really differ when it comes to maintaining internal combustion engine cars?
0: Everyone already knows what it costs to maintain a, a petrol car or a diesel car, right? You've got a lot of engine components. You've got a lot of wear and tear. You've got, you know, your alternator, your starter, your engine oil, your brake fluid, uh, your brake disc, your brake pads, you know, whatever else. Things can go wrong, power steering and all that. The, the people who are selling EVs keep saying that, oh, EV maintenance very low, EV maintenance very low. I'm sure you have heard it, right? If you open up the front of an EV, the the, the bonnet, okay? Yes, you see a little space there to put barang. But if you remove that space, you see a lot of components. You see a lot of wiring. You see a lot of hoses, tubes, metal components and everything else. Because why? You still need a lot of things to run it. The car still needs brake pads. It's still got suspension. It's still got tires. It's still got cooling. It's got added cooling for the battery. Okay? It may not have an engine oil. It may not have pistons. It may not have, you know... Uh, moving parts in terms of uh, combustion engine, but it's got other things. It's still got a headlamp. It's still got a tail lamp. Components that have wear and tear. Now they say, oh no, all this no wear and tear. Are you trying to tell me hoses last forever? Are you trying to tell me a wiring loom lasts forever? Are you trying to tell me just because it, it does uh, regenerative, regenerative braking, it doesn't use brake pads? Are you trying to say that its suspension system lasts forever? And the best part is EVs come with run flat tires, high cost, Eco run-flat tires. Now, these high-cost re- eco run-flat tires are not cheap to run. They're not cheap to buy. How, how much now, are they example, on average? What I've done, my checks I've done is they start at about 1,700 ringgit each. And then you must understand, when you, when you change an EV tire, you can't go to the regular tire shop. You have to go to a specialist tire shop. Why do you have to go to a specialist tyre shop? Because it's not a, a regular tyre, right? You can't just go to any of your regular tyre shops and say, hey, I need a replacement tyre. No, because you need a special kind of tyre. And then when you do your alignment and balancing, can you do it at your regular tyre shop? No, he must know what he's doing because the EV doesn't have a rack and pinion steering. It's electric motors running running the, the wheels.
1: So maybe the every 10k, every 5k uh, engine oil service is not there. But, you know, in terms of... Servicing, I mean, there is still cost to maintaining EVs, right? But I guess the frequency of it is not as much as a regular petrol car. Like you don't need to worry of about... Course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But then then there is always that lump sum, right? I think those that are, not to say detractors, but those that are more wary. And this conversation has come with hybrid cars, right? which is, oh, the battery change at the end will cost you a lot. What do you know about the battery cost when you need to actually change the battery? Or actually, do the batteries themselves need to be maintained for EVs?
0: Okay. When it comes to battery costs, everybody's got different pricing structure. Everybody's got different cost structure. So, and you know, the EVs sold in Malaysia are generally quite new and batteries last eight, nine, 10 years. We've seen batteries lasting even more than 10 years in in, uh, hybrid cars, right? So I did some research with people uh, I know in the UK because in UK, they've had electric cars for some time already now. Okay, so estimated battery costs. Now, I can't give a, direct figure, but I'm saying between 50,000 ringgit, current exchange rate, to as high as 80,000 ringgit. Now, the reason why it's expensive is because, first of all, mining these batteries is not cheap, lithium-ion is not cheap, the construction is not cheap, and um, a lot of these batteries are now coming out of China also, and they're getting, the price is getting lower, not much lower, but you're still looking at about 50,000 ringgit. But put all that aside, because today, if you take a, a modern petrol engine, and you drive it hard for 10 years, and you need to do an overhaul, you probably spend about 40,000-50,000 ringgit. Don't talk about your old Perdua engines and, and Toyota engines and Nissan and Mazda engines. Th- those days, you can overhaul for four, five, six thousand 5 6,000 ringgit. Today, with all this modern tech and everything, even petrol engines are no longer cheap to maintain over time. But again, they're not as expensive as changing a battery system in an electric car. Okay? But, Coming back to the cost difference, are you saving that much money in terms of fuel? That's what you're going to come to next, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. So, petrol in Malaysia is subsidized. Assuming the subsidy is taken away and you look at countries like Singapore and Thailand where they have no subsidies, electric car ownership is is moving up fast. Thailand is moving up fast. Singapore is moving up fast. Don't talk about European countries because their exchange rate is favorable Mm. for them to buy electric cars. I think the sweets. You know, not to say sweet spot. I think the, the understanding here is we are losing out because of our currency. Mm. You see, that battery cost, I told you, 50,000 to 80,000 ringgit. Now, if our currency was equivalent to the Singapore currency right now, imagine we go back 30 years and Malaysia and Singapore was still riding the same currency level, eh? one-to-one. Eh? So that means our exchange rate to the US dollar will be maybe 1.5, okay, mm. instead of now 4. <laughs> that battery cost will come down to twenty five to 30,000 ringgit. It's not that expensive anymore. That electric car purchase will come down to 70,000, 80,000 ringgit. Mm. Not that expensive anymore. You understand where I'm getting?
1: Yep. So it's the exchange rate that's also making it expensive, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay, but apart from that, I mean, what are the costs, consideration? I think the other big cost when it comes to getting a car is usually the road tax, right? And all that, right? right?
0: So earlier, they were trying to do a Earlier, before these incentives came out in Malaysia, this is a few years ago, the road tax for EVs were ridiculously high because they did a kilowatt or power, out, power up, um, uh, what do you call, uh, calculation. So, what they did was, after a lot of lobbying with, with, with the car companies, they said, okay, we'll give you the free road tax, right? I'm to the end of 2023. So... That free road tax means whether you drive a simple EV or a, or a very expensive EV, you get free road tax. So the, the Mercedes uh, EQS owner doesn't pay any road tax. The Hyundai Kona EV owner doesn't pay any road tax. So f- for now, that incentive is in play until they figure out a way to charge
1: for road tax. Okay, we're going to take a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere, BFM 89.9. Welcome back, you're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense. I'm Sim Weeboon, and today's topic is EVs and if they're worth the money in the long run. Joining me to discuss this is Daniel Fernandez, founder of the online car portal www.dsf.my and a frequent guest of the BFM car show Cruise Control. Now, Daniel, earlier the discussion on petrol, right, so... Currently, it's still very, very much more favourable to the petrol cars now that we have the subsidies, right? If they do take away the subsidies or perhaps introduce somewhat a targeted subsidy, right? Then, right. you know, it might make more sense to actually drive an easy. Because I think, honestly, I mean, how long does it take to fully charge an EV? I think about maybe one night, eight, seven hours, right? And yes, so you, you can charge it at home, yes. Yeah, and then you get like, you know, it's... And you, the general range is, what, 300 to maybe 400, 500, depending on the car you get, right? All this right. varies. Take like an average of 300. Yeah, exactly, right? And honestly, for most people, I feel, um, you know, 300 is about four to five days a week's worth of drive. So yes. it makes sense, right? Because I think if you look at uh, the energy consumption that uh, it comes to charging a full EV, and again, you know, this might vary, but uh, I think essentially... It doesn't really run more than hundred ringgit per charge, right?
0: If you're doing it at home, uh, I think it's it's you know 40, 50 ringgit.
1: Yeah, per charge, like right? It really varies yes. around there, but I don't think there are anything that is more than that. And that's and if that covers your petrol for a week, right? Then essentially it is cheaper, much more cheaper, even than now the subsidised fuel. If you are driving a regular Honda City or something like that. Yes, for sure, for sure. But let's talk about charging stations. Then you know there is also okay. that. Uh, issue that many people bring up, right? That there's a lack of charging stations. You know, but is this a re- really a problem? And, you know, is there any cost considerations to come with this about this lack of charging stations?
0: Charging stations, uh, there's suddenly a huge push to put out charging stations. And, you know, uh, the petrol companies are working hard at it. Uh, Tanaga National is working very fast to try and do this. But like anything else, it's costly, Charging stations are not cheap. Now, if you talk about a DC fast charger, and DC fast chargers are what everybody wants because why? All the luxury EVs need a DC fast charger because a fast charger can charge your EV, depending on your battery size, in between 20 to 45 minutes. But fast chargers are very expensive. I know some car manufacturers have spent up to 320,000 ringgit for one. Mm, Okay. Now, think about it. If you're running a dealership and you want to sell electric cars, you'll put one there. For every dealership, you will have one, maybe two. Okay? Now, the big brands have got one or two in each of their dealerships. But some of the brands have said, I leave it to my dealer to decide whether he wants to install it. Because why? 300 over 1,000 ringgit. How do you get your money back? And then every time someone comes and charges, because it's, it's at your dealership, can you charge them for electricity? It's not so easy. It's not as straightforward as you think about it. But... Right now, there are enough charges along the west coast of Malaysia for you to do a road trip safely and without any worry. Along the way, you got to stop. You got to think about what you're going to do. Are you going to do yoga under the sun? Are you going to read a good book? You know, are you going to take a nap? Because why? Even though there are charges along the way, a lot of charges, uh, petrol stations, rest areas, hotels, and everything else, the worry is when you go there, if there's a pickup truck parked there because the flight is lazy to park elsewhere, what are you going to do? Like I've gone to a petrol station along the North-South Highway uh, and I saw a petrol, an old petrol car parked at a charging point and a person with an EV was coming to charge and he was going around the station asking whose car is that, whose car is that because he needed to charge his EV. He and knew he was low on juice.
1: And there was only one. there was only one available port for the EV charger, mm-hmm. right? Yeah.
0: Yes. And you see, to him to drive to the next one, he might not make it yeah yeah so you had to wait for that inconsiderate petrol car driver to come move his car and i was I was watching all this because I was sitting and having a meal. I' just just so happened to be there, but it was a good experiment to see what is happening and then you have also some places where the charges are not working because people have vandalized them, especially along the highways
1: so and that is cost because time is money, so therefore yes. you know it, it, it might not be worth it but again, you know you mentioned gray, Grey import cars, right? So this, I want to follow up, right? What about getting uh, reconditioned or used EVs? Are they ultimately cheaper? Uh, Do they present the more affordable option than to the average user? So at the
0: moment, there are dozens of grey and recon car dealers bringing in used EVs and also some new EVs because they've been allowed to bring in new EVs. So all the brands, you're talking about Tesla. Tesla does not have an office in Malaysia. So they bring in Teslas. They're bringing in Taycans. Some of them have already brought in Polestar. Polestar is another EV brand. Some of them have brought in the Honda E, which is also an, uh, an electric car. Then they've brought in um, uh, even even a used Nissan Leaf. So they're bringing in all this because why? In Europe. And in certain countries like Australia and New Zealand, after a few years, these cars depreciate a lot. And why they depreciate? Because, you know, owners want to move up. They've got other issues. They've decided they don't want an EV, whatever. So they bring in these cars, all right-hand drive. Fine. But here's the problem. A lot of these cars have like like your handphone, like your expensive handphone, software update. Now, all the software updates are based on a zone. So, for example, like if you have a Porsche Taycan, a Recon one, if you have a problem with the car, you can't go back to Porsche Malaysia. Saim Darby is not going to look after you. At the moment, there is a reconditioned Porsche Taycan who had a side view mirror accident sitting in a private workshop because Porsche Malaysia will not do the the parts and service for that car. So the owner now goes back to the dealer and the dealer says, hey, I I sold you a 2nd hand recon. Uh, This one... uh, I
1: don't do anything about it. (laughs) Yes.
0: So there is... I'm not saying they're irresponsible, but you know they're they are quick to sell you something, but they're not quick to look after you as a customer. Because why? They're not the parent.
1: And we don't, do we? And and I guess we don't have the workshops or the many workshops that are capable of handling it. And even then, even the parts as well, right? If it's, right, you know, if you're getting something from a different zone, right? If you need a part or you need it needs to come from there. So you need to import it, and that it becomes an additional cost rather than right. having the local dealers that you get from to help you sort it out.
0: Right. But understand this: parts actually can can be can be can be obtained. You see, like the side view mirror for the Porsche Taycan, you can get it. You can order it from Germany; it'll come and everything else. But the software update, mm. you cannot do. When you connect it, there's software involved. Okay, because these cars are all connected. There's there's sonars, there's sensors, there's all kinds of things
1: on it. So, you, if you if that's the case, then you you can't install the software or update the software. Then what the car just becomes inoperable.
0: The other solution is to ship it back to its home country, <laughs> get it sorted out, and bring it back. And, <laughs> I know you're laughing. I know you're laughing. And a lot of people will be laughing. But the dealers who are selling this car are promising, no problem, we can send it back for you. Yes.
1: Yeah. But who's
0: paying the cost? Exactly. Exactly. Now to send to send an EV back to the UK is fifteen thousand ringgit. To send back to Japan, probably a little less. Now, would you want your EV to be sent back and brought back? Who's going to pay the cost? The dealer is not going to pay the cost. He might say he's going to pay, but how are you going to hold him to it? Exactly. That's number one. Number number two, the over-the-air updates. I'm, I'm telling you, car companies are becoming smarter. They're trying to prevent this kind of things happening. So recently, Tesla introduced a new update for all their cars, okay? And it doesn't happen to EV owners, Tesla owners in Malaysia. So they have to find a loophole and go somewhere and get it sorted out. Porsche just introduce a new major software update for all their Taycans dating back from 2020 models. So you can update your software on a 2020 model Taycan to the current model. But if you bought a grey reconditioned Taycan, you don't get the software update. And Porsche Malaysia will not do it for you because you did not buy it from them. Can you get it over the air? No. You have to send it back to the home country and get
1: it done. This is a game for the rich. Yep. So so what do you think would be the price breakpoint for a mass adoption of EVs? How far are we away from that? Okay.
0: For for the average Malaysian to own an EV, you see, I would like to buy an EV, to be honest. I've driven a few. I would like to buy one, not for long distance travel, for just for city commuting. You Which know? most Something most Malaysians
1: need- are. Most Malaysians work in the city, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I'll still have my petrol car for, you know, long distance travel and everything else. But I'll use my EV for city commuting. The air will be cleaner. I can charge it at night. I probably have to charge it just once a day. I don't even have to use public charging, Mm -hmm. you know. I can install some solar panels on my roof, and my life will be wonderful. Basically, I'll get my car charged for almost free, right? Yep. And I can use it for 8 to 10 years without worrying about the battery. The problem is, when I think about a price of 100 over 1,000 ringgit, I'm more tempted to go closer to a petrol car. Because why? A hundred over thousand ringgit petrol car means it's got a lot of tech, a lot of fancy gadgets. It drives well. It's got handling. It's got this, it's got that. I've got great warranty, backup service. No worry about parts. Now, if I buy an electric car at that price, I'm getting something very basic, you know. Mm. I'm getting something not so high-tech. I'm getting something without a great battery system, a great motor system and everything else. I'm not getting a premium electric car. So, for example... Uh, the new renault zoe is coming to malaysia the previous one was 150000 ringgit great car best selling electric car in europe for like 10 years right tried and tested now this new zoe when it comes in it'll probably be about 170 180 why because our currency has gone further down right mm. now at 180000 i'll be thinking 3 4 times even though it's a tried and tested ev but it's still hundred and seventy to 180,000 ringgit. Can I really afford a city commuter car for that price when I can get something else that is petrol-driven for much less and then that saving, say say I get a, for argument's sake, let's say I get a, a Honda, the new Honda HRV, attractive, very stylish, everybody's talking about it, 40,000 saving. Now that 40,000 saving, I don't mind spending on petrol over the next five, six years. Eh? Yep, yep. And then when I want to sell that HRV, there will be enough people wanting to buy it.
1: Okay, so in the last thirty seconds, that we have right. So, what's the verdict here now? Are EVs ultimately worth it? I guess not now. Maybe in the future. I'm I'm saying let the
0: rich buy it. Let them pay the R and D costs because there's still a lot of R and D involved in battery and motor technology and software. Let them pay the R and D costs. They can afford it. Slowly, as this gets the adoption gets even higher and higher and higher, prices of EVs will come down. Then we can walk in and buy them at a lower price. And and also, hopefully by then, our currency would have moved up to a better exchange rate.
1: And that's all the time for Ringgit and Sends. I've been speaking to Daniel Fernandez, founder of the online car portal www.dsf.my and a frequent guest of the BFM car show Cruise Control. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. I'm Wood from The Morning Run. We have the 10am News Bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense